September the 30th, I will be able to say it. September the 30th, 2018, I will be able to stand in this very room and say, Hello, Wembley! I was at that show at Alexander Palace in September of 2017. I was working on the show. But I didn't know that announcement was coming. No one had told me in advance. In fact, no one had even told me an announcement was coming. I was standing around. I can't even remember who I was standing with. But I remember watching that and feeling this huge sense of pride and accomplishment in this thing that we'd all been some of us a small part of, others a much bigger part of, was going to Wembley, going to one of the most prestigious arenas in the country. On Sunday, September 30th, 2018, that show took place and we smashed it. We went into Wembley Arena with a kick-ass card and a kick-ass show. On the Progress Podcast, we've taken you behind the scenes before. We endeavor to show you a little bit of how the sausage is made and it would be remiss of me not to do that for Wembley. So, documented the day, spoke to some of the key players, spoke to a number of the performers, and here it is. It's the Progress Podcast at Wembley. The first thing you kind of need to know about the Wembley show day was that it was a ridiculously early call time. Now, this isn't a ridiculously early call time for a show of this magnitude. It's kind of pretty standard. But for a Progress show, this was pretty ridiculously early the doors and showtime were the same as an electric ballroom show and an electric ballroom show depending on my flight i tend to get there 11 30 12 o'clock some of the wrestlers won't arrive until closer to one o'clock and then doors were at two so they only come in an hour before doors but for a show like this with so much to put together we were there at 10 o'clock in the morning i'm just having a little look backstage here there are man, so many flight cases here gotta say like 50 that I can see this is the backstage area the ramp up to the the entrance way in the stage the band are saying I'm just now I'm going to walk through and now I'm in the front of the house and oh, it's a pretty significant number of seats we've got the floor seats here all this floor area risers on three sides the top top levels of which are tapered off but those middle decks are going to be pretty full see various people saying in the ring i can actually see a ladder in the ring right now if someone's climbing up so this is one of the first things i wanted to mention because you'll all have seen it on the show itself but one of the first things that really struck me about this show and this and the setup and, and what i was seeing was those ladders those ladders were huge they were Jeff Hardy pulls them out when he's going to do something really stupid huge. Some very, very big ladders. (laughs) Scary stuff. That's Progress Head of Production Jack Saunders. By 10am, he was already feverishly working on the ring, spray painting the ring post, getting everything ready for the day to come. That's one of the biggest I've seen. It is. It's (laughs) pretty large. And this is our ring. This is the same ring. Same same ring. Beautiful ring. Yeah. Uh, 
as big as it is, it it doesn't look as big as no, it doesn't. When you're in a it doesn't five thousand seat event, yeah, it doesn't look as big in here as it does in the ballroom. But um, I can't wait. Yeah. Yesterday felt like Christmas Eve, and today yeah. is Christmas Eve. But I've just not been able to open my presents yet. Yeah. <laughs> Jack had said that to me in the bar the night before when we'd all been having a few drinks. He'd said that it felt like Christmas Eve and he'd already been to the arena at that point. So I guess he'd been staring at his presence for quite a while now. But he was right. There was that atmosphere of just everyone was anticipating something something huge, something really cool was about to happen. And you could tell everyone was ready for the show ahead. One person who I really wanted to speak to early on in the day was Matt Richards. I think I've said on this podcast before that when Matt first started doing commentary for Progress, we did that Birmingham show, uh, and someone, I can't even remember who, said something to me about him being the new guy, but in reality, I've always looked up to Matt, and I've always respected Matt as a guy who's been around in the wrestling business for a long time, and I asked him to tell me just how long it was for him that this journey had been leading to Wembley. Uh, This is my 15th year, half my life. And uh, Wembley. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. <laughs> it's still quite not sunk in. I was, I was literally just talking about it. it was, last time I was in <clears> Wembley <throat> Arena, I was watching NXT TakeOver London, watching Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe, and now I'm currently sat in the same arena for a little wrestling show with my mates, which is absolutely insane <laughs> to honest see you. I would just say, because there's, I don't know how many thousands, but I think at least four. I don't know what the number oh, is. Yeah, final yeah, count. Yeah. All these seats we can see are filled, but we're sitting in the, the second row, like the corner of the ramp, and this is a great view. Yeah, yeah, I know I know we're meant to be like pro company and whatever, but this is genuinely one of the best views of <laughs> a wrestling show. It's like literally sat like meters away from the ring. So uh, yeah, if you're in if you're in the first row, enjoy it. You're gonna you're gonna be up close and personal, so maybe watch out for thumbtacks. Yeah. One of the things I always like to do on these behind-the-scenes podcasts is introduce you to some of the people who you may not see at the front of the show, obviously the wrestlers, promoters, commentators, and one of those guys who's recently started working backstage with Progress is a guy called Chris Sharp. And you may remember he was a referee on the Snowgrass Sheffield show. He also refereed for NXT UK very recently. He's an American, moved over here to be with his wife, and is now working in the wrestling business over here. He's helping out a lot of different companies, helping backstage, helping as a referee, helping put shows together. And he was one of our producers for Wembley. He was giving me little commentary notes, working with the guys on their matches. And it was great to get a chance to talk to him as well as someone who hadn't been around for that long in his beautiful, beautiful suit. We're ready to rock, bro. Look at this place. This is freaking incredible. We've got the lights getting tested, and you just already get a feel of how special this is. This is going to be amazing. I should say, during this, Chris had his arm around me because Chris is just like a super friendly guy. We'd only actually met, I think, maybe once before I'd worked on the August chapter show that he was a producer on, and we were already fast friends. I've done a lot of cool stuff, but uh, there's just something about the atmosphere before the fans even come in today that just makes you realize that this is going to be a night that we'll always remember. Look who we're joined by right now. (laughs) Wembley felt a little bit like a high school reunion because so many people were there that I hadn't seen in ages. Guys like Styx, of course, RJ Singh, uh, all the the guys like Damon Moser who'd come through the Projo, David Francisco, and... Pastor William Eber was there as well. And if anyone knows him, he likes to say things like, 
today is the only day and it's the greatest day of our lives. But just today, it felt like maybe he meant it a little bit more than usual. Here I am, Lord. Today is the day. Greatest day of our lives. Chris was a great guy to stand and take in the atmosphere with and just kind of talk through the card. And we were thinking about how many talent were on the show. It was easily the most that had ever been on a progress show just by virtue of a 16-man tag team Thunder Bastard and a massive pre-show battle royal. I think ended up close to 20 people. There were the, the four entrance surprises, Ricky Sheen Page, Sticks, RJ Singh, and Madman Manson. There was also inflatable Kid Lycos. And other guys who kind of snuck their way in there, like Ashmore, uh, who I saw, I asked if he was trying to work his way in, but he he was uh, he'd already got there. So he, he was in the Battle Royal too, despite not being announced. So that kind of ballooned a little bit like the all-in Battle Royal, but uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully not over budget at Progress Wembley. After taking things in, I wanted to take some time to do my match prep, to write in my notebook, to, to really prepare myself and sort of center myself for the day ahead. So I went up to the very back row of one of the north sections and sat there for a bit, working on my notes, watching what was going on in the ring. And I could see all the way through to the loading dock where people were coming in. It actually wasn't this crazy huge space. And that's something that really kind of struck me. I think I was maybe expecting this cavernous arena, but actually when everything was brought in with the right configuration, with everything backstage, it actually wasn't as big as as maybe I'd thought it might have been. After doing that, I managed to finally catch up with a guy who I don't think has ever really been on the Progress podcast before. I can't even really remember I I don't know if I've caught him for one of the post show reactions before. Jim Smallman. I'm not, I'm not like super, super nervous because the show's fine and the show's worked out. I'm not nervous about the show. I'm just now like, come on, let's get started. I've yeah. been here since fucking eight o'clock this morning. So come on, let's crack on. Got stuff to do. We've um, seen a bit of what it looks like now and seen some of the entrances. And... Mm. Nom, 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 nom. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's a proper big show. Um, it is a big show. Whoa, it's a big show. How does it um, feel to finally be here? I mean, it's good. It's two and a half years since we first visited and they asked us to do a show here and we said no because we didn't think we could carry it off and now we think we can carry it off and hopefully we can and we do it justice today. But um, yeah, it feels like it's been a long old road to get here. But, a big old crowd in today. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of people um, and it's going to be special and hopefully people, I did this in my stand-up show yesterday, I was saying, oh, just teach new people what songs we sing and teach, you know, teach people how everyone's, you know, we're all a big family and everyone should be here to have fun and, and all that. Everyone was like, yeah, not a problem, on board with that. So hopefully it'll be a special atmosphere, hopefully everyone will enjoy the matches, hopefully it'll all be, you know, it'll all be great. But have, you, have you planned what you're going to say at the start any more than usual? No, I'll, I'll probably plan it at about half three. This is, you know, it's a ridiculous big deal. It's just, yeah, I, I'll probably comprehend it at some point when I'm stood in the ring and I'll be like, oh shit, this is, this is a pretty big deal. But as it stands at the minute, just just want everyone to be healthy and everyone have a good time, fans and wrestlers alike. So as long as that happens, we can all go to the after party later on and all be very happy. I'm glad Jim was relaxed because I think he was one of the only people who was. I was certainly getting you know, a little bit stressed, a little bit of butterflies, and I think everyone was the same. Jim, maybe he was just putting it on a little bit. Who knows? The show got closer and closer, and one of the things that went on was 
getting the wrestling media involved. Adam had done a great job putting together a group of podcasters to come and come backstage and interview talent and be involved in a, a press conference. We tried to do something a little like it, a super, a super Strong Style this year, but it was glad to see it finally take off here. So as those guys wandered around and were given a sense of the atmosphere and early look at the arena, and they were all recording their podcasts into their phones, I thought, well, it'd be rude if I didn't join in. As Adam and I walked around with the podcasters, you could hear the disembodied voice of John Briley. He was wired for sound on this show. He was backstage in his usual position, but he was communicating with production teams in different corners of the stage to be able to make sure the lights and the sound and, the, and all the other stuff was happening at the right time. He was testing his music as we walked around, and you started to get a real feel of what the arena was going to be like. Everyone's coming around, taking pictures of the stage, talking to their own phones. Pretty cool. The arena's clear now. The ring is empty. So we're just all wandering around. As the bell begins, back at two, couple hours to go to showtime. Feels like it's heating up now. From there, things just started to slowly ramp up and, and build up. The doors got open just after we'd done that and fans were filing in. You know, when you got nearly 5,000 fans to file in, it's perhaps the most acceptable it's ever been to have a two-hour doors period for progress. I was wandering around the concourse, just kind of taking it in, meeting various people. And as much as this is about the fans, I wanted to talk to one of them for the podcast. And I found one of my very favorite fans. You might know her as BSS Gifts. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm good, I'm good. Excited? Yes, so excited. I literally, I've just run from work to be here. How does it, how does it look? It looks amazing. Me and, uh, me and Bozzers were walking in and we were like, oh my God, it's just absolutely incredible. I could say this was about as much the fans as the wrestlers for me anyway. Certainly as someone who started as a fan, if you ever went to a show in the garage or, or even the ballroom in those earlier days or went to those shows at the Bedford and Ballum and, and basically have just supported progress from the beginning, what a thrill to be involved in this big show, even just as a spectator, getting to come and see the show that you've loved for years, six years for me, almost to the day since I went to see my first ever show, being involved was an absolute thrill. And it was the same for every fan, including the inimitable BSS Gifts, one of the most popular Progress fans on Twitter. One guy for whom it was maybe as poignant as anyone else to be involved in this show was my close friend, RJ Singh. I don't like to pick favorites, but RJ has become one of my best friends in the whole world. On the Saturday before the show, I went down to visit him and his newborn daughter, Jasmine. She's seven weeks old and she's incredible. And she's everything that RJ has ever wanted. So for him to be able to then, with his baby, left at home, that he can go home to after the show, come and do the Wembley pre-show Battle Royal, be involved in that show after having to miss the first show in terrible circumstances related to his family, it was an incredible bookend for him. And it's easy to see just how much it all means to him. I'm back. I mean, it's, uh, I'm, it's Wembley. We're here. It's uh, Hello Wembley. And I literally just did a Hello Wembley as I came out yeah. on the uh, on the pre-show Battle Royal. Um, step through the curtain. It was just, I mean, just what a moment. Just like, you know, stepping through the curtain and just seeing all these faces 
you know, arms went in the air and heard, you know, the singer's king chant went up and I was just, oh, I was having the time of my life. It was, that was just such, such a moment, such a moment to be there. It's been a big year for you, dad now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of the biggest thing that's, uh, that's happened this year. Obviously, I came, I became a dad in, uh, back in, um, back in August. So that's taken up most of my, um, most of my July, my summer. Actually, no, it took up most of my year, to be, yeah. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, bar the odd match, I think, um, early on in the year. Um, being a dad sort of has taken up most of my year so but uh, my little my little girl is now nearly eight weeks old so um, doing brilliantly so yeah it was a what to do on a Sunday when progress when progress message you and say do you want to come be at Wembley you know you don't say no to it so it's fantastic how did it feel to be out there in the ring just, I mean it's just phenomenal I mean just I mean to step out you know in front of a progress crowd being a progress ring and like the talent I was out there with as well like all the guys in the pre-show battle royal or some you know some of the best up-and-comers that, that we've got plus Manson <laughs> plus Man Man Manson and of course being back in the room with Sticks again what you know what a moment like to, to share with my good brother Sticks uh, facing off one-on-one once more so it's, it's just honestly it's, undes- it's indescribable it really is I think we'll maybe see you back in progress sometime um, soon? I don't know. I mean, dad, like I said, dad duties are keeping me pretty busy at the moment. But, um, you know, you can never say never. I don't think anyone expects to see me here today. So you never know. You might see me again some point down the road. And from a return, we went straight into a goodbye. The first match at Wembley featured another guy who I've absolutely loved getting to know. And I've loved getting to call so many of his matches it's Matt Riddle, the bro, the king of bros, is on his way to NXT, but on his way to NXT, after making his debut on the NXT TakeOver, he had one last stop before he's NXT exclusive for the foreseeable future. He decided to come and have his final match at Progress Wembley against Mark Haskins, and one last time, I had to have a chat with the bro. Honestly, I don't think it could have been more fitting. It, it was amazing. Uh, you can still hear the roar of the crowd still going on. Uh, I, I'll be honest, it means a lot to me to come back here and wrestle because this was where my last UFC fight was, and I didn't leave on good terms with that. And it kind of feels good, like, what, five, six years later? Six years later, 2012 was my fight here. It's now 2018, six years later. Now I'm signed with NXT. I had my final match in the building where I had my final UFC fight in. And except for this time, I'm leaving on a good note. How did it feel to come back to progress one last time? It felt great. It felt... There's there's probably two places in the world I'd want my last show to be. And it'd be either Evolve, because I love Gabe and I love working there and that's where I started. And the other company that's always had my back from day one and helped me out and knew I was something and they could do something with it. And that's progress. So you know it doesn't get any sweeter than this. What's the future hold for the bro NXT? I think the future is bright for the bro. I mean, uh, I've been working down in NXT, been having matches. I'm pretty sure you'll be seeing me on TV very soon. Uh, I got new music. Can't, can't, I'll wait for the iTunes or whatever, Spotify, however they get, get that out there. But that's coming up. Uh, I mean, things are awesome. I'm in the position I've worked really hard to get to. And I'm one of the lucky few that has been in great positions like this before and kind of messed it up. So to get a second chance at it at this age with this maturity and everything else, I just, honestly, man, it's awesome. And I really think I'm probably going to be headlining WrestleManias in a couple of years, if not sooner. And who would bet against the genetic freak and the insane athlete that is Matt Riddle? Well, 
I didn't really, as usual, get to do much during the show in terms of recording. I went on in my sharp suit, and at the interval, it was time to take stock. The, we just had the no disqualification match between Jimmy Havoc and Paul Robinson where they both bled all over Wembley. And as Jimmy Havoc put it on social media, I somehow got away with doing a death match at Wembley. Perhaps there was nothing ever more Jimmy Havoc than that. So after the show, well, what do I do after big shows? I wander around backstage. I give you a sense of what it's like after a show. And I try to talk to as many people as possible. So I wanted to combine these two podcast concepts and give you a little bit of that too. So in this, you're going to hear from Ricky Shane Page. You're going to hear from David Starr. You're going to hear from Jordan Grace. And you can hear from the Haskinses. I saw lots of people taking pictures. Ricky Shane Page. A quick chat for the Progress Podcast. Sure. What was it like for you today to be at Wembley? Oh, man, it was crazy. <laughs> I never thought I'd wrestle in a giant arena. Uh, it's cool being in the Battle Royal, being a surprise. It's a lot of people here. Uh, I'm just happy to be here. Honestly, it was cool. Biggest show in uh, UK history, I guess. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's big, insane. Biggest show in England for decades. and to see obviously your guys you know Pete and yeah. Tyler and Mark and you know defend indie wrestling on this huge stage of nearly 5,000 people what was that like? It's awesome man I'm, every time I see Pete wrestle at, you know WWE and stuff I'm just so proud of him and like I literally like have to fight back tears sometimes like I'm just so proud of him Mark too it's like everybody and I've become such good friends with everybody over the years and like I'm just really lucky and like even just even if I was just here watching it would have been cool but just being able to be a part of it was even even cooler. It was just awesome, man. It was the only thing I can say. It was just You're such rad. a happy guy. It's great. Dude, how could I not be happy? Exactly, like right. it was rad. All right. So I'll rad. let you go, Ricky. Thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Well, lots of people hanging around. Jordan Grace, we made our debut. Don't fucking grab you for the Progress podcast. Oh, it's a lighting guy just tripped over a speaker. What, what was it like to make your progress your progress debut in the UK at Wembley? Um, it was freaking incredible, and I couldn't have hoped for a better debut. You made a big impression, and people seem to know who you are and be excited for it. Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised. I didn't expect to get that kind of reaction, but I'm really happy about it. Well, I'm very excited to see Jordan Grace in progress. We'll see what's next very for you. Very excited. Yep. See you later. See you later. She's gonna head off. There's lots of people hanging around. All the, all the wrestlers are trying to take pictures. As the show gets derigged, I want to try and talk to some of these people, but there's just so much movement going on right now. Right, let's see if I can grab Mark Haskins if possible. So this is the guy who's wrestled at Wembley before. Wrestled here again tonight, got a win for the first time. Haskins is, is, is standing on the ramp right now. Haskins is. I don't know if I can grab you quickly for the Progress Podcast before you run off. No, Callum Leslie. I know, I just want to... Shut up. Say, same <laughs> question I'm asking everyone. Uh, what, what, what was Wembley like for you? I mean, it was all right, wasn't it? Like, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. It was absolutely it's fantastic. It's a dream come true. I mean, we've been looking at this venue um, coming here. Some of us as fans watching all uh, WWE, TNA, Impact, you know... Those of you who live in here, and to actually perform here yourselves, it's pretty incredible. And someone, you know, you have a pretty unique experience here today, not having wrestled here before. You're one, one of the few on the show we'd wrestled here before, but getting a win for the first time and doing 
on a British show. How is it different to the last couple to the other times? Um, it's been so much cooler to do this with people that I've seen like everything grow and come together. Do you know what I mean? Because nice. uh, the times we I got to, yeah, so we're gonna shuffle. Oh, we're in the way. We're gonna oh, shuffle. No. <laughs> I know, I know. So I'm trying to find everyone. But no, like it, it was awesome because uh, the times I got to do it before, like I knew how much of a big deal it was, and just the thought that you could do that in a country um, was awesome. Um, and then you know, seeing that now happen for an independent British wrestling promotion is, um, it's been great to see uh, how much effort everybody's put in to get. You know, a show to where it's at now. Like, You've been such a big part of progress throughout history. You were on the biggest show, opening the biggest show for your first guy out. Yeah. How did that feel? Oh man, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. You were the first guy to sort of test the crowd, if you like, for the reaction. Right, right. Nah, no, it's cool, man. Like, it's always awesome just stepping out for a curtain and just seeing like you know diehard fans just being there, yeah. ready to go. So, yeah, man, it was it was great. All right, well, from one guy who's wrestled at Wembley a ton of times, I'm going to break off. Thank you, Mark. Oh, let's chat to Maverick May, who is, I think, about 12 years old and wrestled <laughs> at Wembley Arena. What was that like? Uh, I'm honestly just lost for words. Um, I remember I said to Ali Pali, I'd never seen so many seats in my life. But you did I don't say think, that. I don't think this quite compares. Um, yeah, it's surreal. I remember I, I came here a few years ago to watch TNA. Uh, I came here a few years ago to watch NXT, and I was sitting right at the back. And now to be able to be like walking around backstage and wrestling in the arena that I, I grew up watching wrestling is just insane. Absolutely insane. And you got, you know, to get in there with Flamita and Bandito oh, as well. They're so good. I really need like just a, a straight tag match with them. Me and Mills versus Bandito and Flamita somewhere, sometime soon. Uh, they're just a huge insane. day. Huge day yeah. for Maverick May, huge day for everyone involved. Thank you, Maverick. We're gonna keep moving and see who else is around. David Starr is here. Go up and grab a minute of David Starr's time. Yeah, sure. How was Wembley for you? It was pretty wild, man. Going out, when you walk out and you see like, you know, nearly 5,000 people. Like, uh, the arena's just is sick, man. It was just wild, wild. Yeah, you get to do it with Sexsmith as well. It was pretty yeah. special. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jack's a special dude. Uh, it's unfortunate that he got, you know, got a little banged up. Uh, pretty early on, so that was unfortunate and kind of it, it possibly affected us taking up taking home the tag titles tonight. But it's okay, um, you know, just gonna look after them, make sure everything's okay. And you're moving to the UK now, moved? Yeah, I got my keys last week. Got my keys to my new flat. Yeah. So you're no longer an import. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. It's kind of cool. I like that. You know, healthcare is cool. Yeah. I like that. That's a big part of it. And you can sort of, I guess, feel you know ownership of this. You've been a big part of progress this year. You're now a big part of the British wrestling scene. You've seen so. Yeah, you know, made it your home. Yeah, it's cool. It's just been cool that uh, the fans have kind of really taken me in, and I feel I, it just feels feels natural. Like I just it feels right. So I'm really happy to be here. All right, thank you, thanks, David Starr. We'll move on as I keep dragooning people who don't really want to talk to me. Adam, I'm not going to talk to him. I don't want to talk to Adam Levinati Roche. <laughs> Just gonna see who else is around here to chat to. I don't know. Let's uh, let's ask Matt. Let's talk to Matt Richards. Let's let's talk to Matthew Richards and bother Matthew Richards. Hi, Matt. We talked before the show. Yes. How do you feel after the show? Emotionally drained. <laughs> um, but yeah, just it's, it's kind of now sinking in. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely incredible. It's uh, insane, right? When we're calling these matches and you're looking out 
and you can see that big bank right at the oh, end. It's just like, again, it's just, it's, it's surreal. I, I, the whole thing's been completely surreal, but absolutely incredible. I mean, that main event was one of the <laughs> greatest matches I've ever seen. So it was again, an absolute pleasure to call. You know, it's it's not a, you know about comparing to anyone else, but like no. this was a crew. Yeah, the, you know, this was a crew of progress guys and a few, a few guests. This wasn't about bringing in people yeah, to, to yeah, sell no, the house. It, it, this is it. This is, it felt like a show that, that it was for all of us and everyone contributed to it. And I think that's why it felt extra special as well. Uh, it wasn't just because it was a Wembley, it was because everyone that was on the show has helped us get to Wembley. And we got, every, you know, in the Battle Royal, all the progress guys, like yeah, Shot Man, Maxley and guys like Sticks and RJ Singh coming yeah, back. It was a, just a, a huge day. Absolutely amazing, mate. We'll do it again. Uh, hey, you're here first from Meredith. <laughs> I don't think he has any authority to say that, but sure. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what that's what backstage feels like just after we've run Wembley. It's pretty, pretty surreal. Well, that was nearly it for my backstage escapades, but there were two more guys I wanted to talk to when I saw them standing around. I had to grab a word with the new progress wrestling world tag team champions. Two guys who had moved their lives, traveled halfway around the world to be at Wembley. All right, I'm try, trying to grab Aussie Open here, the new tag team champions, but guys, I wanna, double coke. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, coke. what does it feel like? The enigma. So, yeah, I'm never gonna shake those nicknames, am I, from the Germany tour. Those of you there, I guess you'll know. If you don't know, the stories are really boring, but yeah, double coke. What does it feel like to move halfway around the world and then win the tag team titles at the Wembley Arena? I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> there's nothing really to say. I right, literally don't know words. There's literally no I think we're just very, very happy boys yeah. right now. You know, you, when you made that decision to come move over here, you know, you didn't expect Never anything had, like this. Not, not even for a fucking, not even for a second. Not even a chance. Like I it knew was... it felt like the right thing to bet on ourselves, but uh, to be able to experience what we experienced tonight, I don't think it was ever even like a, I think it was, I don't know if it even felt like a thing that I like daydreamed about. <laughs> Yeah, it was just something that you were like, oh, if that ever happened, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, but it wasn't even like a real like thing that I thought was feasible. Possible, yeah. So to get a chance to uh, perform at Wembley and uh, take home those Progress Tag Team Championships feels pretty fucking good. And that's like, that's your second tag team title together, right? Third. Third? Fourth. 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 Oh, yeah. Let's go. So behind. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on uh, Kyle, you're, you're, ba you're basically a child. Yeah, to have achieved so much so young yeah. again you know you kind of expected anything like this mm. again no words right now it's kind of surreal still so yeah it's wild what was it you know when you guys moved over here was it like a goal of like be on a progress chapter within like a year or something like I mean like I think to be fair we both moved here separately yeah and uh even the the thought of Aussie Open in both of our heads wasn't even a, uh, a thing when we both decided to move. And it's just become this organic thing where uh, it's grown from like grassroots and I think fans can really like see that in us. So I think we both did have like separate goals. And then I think it was maybe like uh, at the start of this year where we like sat down for a little bit and like I think we realized that we had like, our goals had become like not separate anymore they've become like a little bit like coexistent that's adorable yeah what about you what about you kyle what was the where was progress on the goal sheet uh, i was pretty up there I, like being back home in australia progress was definitely 
the British wrestling place that made me initially a fan of British wrestling. So uh, kind of realizing that at their biggest show ever, we won the Tag Team Championships is almost doesn't seem real. It almost didn't seem real even to be at Wembley for most of the people involved anyway. And as the Open pretty much encapsulated the feeling of a lot of people on that show, it was just a crazy feeling. And it was over. This huge rush of adrenaline kept us all going, I think, through the whole show. And that was Wembley. And that was the Wembley post-show podcast. I hope you enjoyed this little behind-the-scenes look, some interviews, some chats with various people who have been involved and are involved in progress. It's been a pleasure to bring it to you once again and, and to be a part of this show. I hope you enjoyed it. Of course, the show is about to drop on demand pretty soon. So it's on demand-progress.com. You'll be able to see Wembley when it goes up with all the commentary, all the presentation, all the frills. Of course, you can find progress at this is underscore progress, facebook.com forward slash progress wrestling, Instagram is this is underscore progress, everywhere else. It's pretty much just this is progress or progress wrestling, progresswrestling.com to get your merch and tickets. We've got more shows coming up this year and more shows into 2019. One thing that won't be happening going forward at least in the form that it currently exists, is this, the Progress Podcast. Myself and the Lady J, we've both decided that it's time for us to take a step back from this and from wrestling regularly and doing this podcast every week. So I wanted to have a quick chat with Jay about that and, and get her on the podcast so that we can kind of round this thing off. And whatever this podcast ends up being, I guess it's going to be done without me and Jay. Well, Jay, I had to do one. <laughs> I feel like Wembley is a really good place to stop, right? Yeah. We've we've tied up a lot of loose ends. We've come to the the finale of certain things, and that seems like a good place to close the book and then let another book start somewhere else, right? Yeah. To get to be doing something like this again with someone like you who we have some good bants. I don't know. It was just it's been really, really fun. And I like the the format that we've come up to and everything. But, you know, life life gets in the way and yeah, you mean, do I, what I, you have to. Wrestling's supposed to be fun. And that I hope everyone out there continues to have a lot of fun and look for the fun things in wrestling, whether it's the opportunity to go out and have a good time and meet up with your friends who live far away from you. And wrestling is when you actually get to spend some time with them. Um, whether it means you get to travel to new places you've never been before, or if it's just that it's your escape and it's a thing that you like to do on the weekends to give yourself a break from your day job or your home life or school or whatever it is like Wrestling is supposed to be fun for everybody. It should be fun for the promoters. It should be fun for the wrestlers. It should be really fun for the fans. I don't think it's necessarily the last you're going to hear from either of us. It's more likely the last or close to the last you'll hear from, from Jay as she goes to become a full-time Liverpool football club diehard. <laughs> uh, it's very unlikely the last you'll hear from me. But I want to say thank you to everyone who's ever listened to the podcast. Uh, I think 
something like 55,000 total listens on over two years. Uh, some as high as like two and a half thousand listens per episode, which is pretty, pretty special. Pretty, it's one of the, I mean, as, as someone who is a serial starter of podcasts, <laughs> A, it's probably the second longest running podcast I've ever done. Apart from the rest, the other wrestling podcasts I've been doing for six bloody years. B, it's almost certainly the most successful podcast I've ever done. <laughs> um, so I will always treasure that. And thank you to uh, to John Briley for having the faith and to let me do it. And to Adam for his support and advice. And to, to Jim and Glenn and all the re- uh, to everyone who's ever been on it. All the wrestlers who've ever let me shove a phone in front of their face. Uh, no matter how famous or WWE signed they are. Uh, they were still more than happy to. And everyone who's who's ever even just said a nice thing about the podcast. Yeah. So that's it for now from us. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road, that's where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around